<laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, this is not our new studio. This is a hotel room at the Horseshoe. Where are we? I don't know. The Horseshoe and Tunica, Mississippi, where they they say they have free internet, and then they try to charge you twenty dollars for free internet. So hopefully, and Verizon. You know, I I wonder, dear Diso, we're we're in a hotel room. Joe Joey's with us in studio this morning. Um, I wonder. Do you think they're? It's like they're blocking cell signal, in in or in order to sell more internet at the hotel. Is that is that is that? It, it be, um, businesses doing shady things. I'm sorry, there is free internet available downstairs. Up here. They're charging 19.95. <laughs> uh, 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 and it, you know what I? <laughs> it's, I, I feel like such a Karen now, like after the Verizon thing with them fucking up my phone and, and I mean, lying about it. Like, and it's not, I guess it's not a Verizon thing. If you haven't seen this on, on social media, by the way, they finally got back to me. Um, someone, no, someone with Verizon, like corporate headquarters on my, uh, on my Twitter. Cause they responded. So, Hey, when, when I complain about shit, it's like, like they, they actually tried to sell me. A SIM card. No, they did. They sold me a SIM card saying that it would upgrade my phone to 5G. And I'm like, how did I? I fell for that long. I was like, you mean I can get five? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure you need a phone that has a 5G antenna. Like yeah. you can just you can just upgrade with a card. Oh yes, you can upgrade with a card. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure. Okay, well here's twenty dollars. Let's upgrade the card. Oh, what? That doesn't work. Oh, oh. Another uh, corporate representative line in order to get a sales commission and, and ripping off customers. But now it's like, I, I, there's just so much. I, 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 so I want, <laughs> this is a lot of good way to start a good news Friday show. But the, the reason I, I, I bring this up, like, and, and in context of the good news, aside from what we're dealing with right now in this hotel room, not that it's like, I was like, talking, talking about first world problems. My internet's not fast enough to do a podcast. Um, but there's, there's it, what, what really grinds my gears is that there are people doing petty, greedy shit that's obviously wrong, that reduces quality of life for everybody. And it's, it's silly. It's, it's like, you know, rent-seeking behavior. And, and, and there are ways, see, like... I, I wanted passive income without having to work, of course, just like everybody else. So what did I, I created an epic library of content on YouTube that has over a hundred million views. And then I get screwed. What do I, what do I get better, better passive income from having signed up to kill people for the U S government? That's right. My U S my, my Marine Corps pension <laughs> is more reliable than the free market because this this is socialism, communism, fascism. Pick your label; they all apply here. Um, I don't really what if you. I guess corporatist. I mean, I because I mean Mussolini defined fascism as the merging of the corporation and the state. Right. So clearly, America is fascist. 
by that definition. Um, Karl Marx defined communism with the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto. From each according to their ability, to each according to their need. It, 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 you know, I mean, is it is it perfect? Is it perfect communism in the United States? No, but don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. No, we have pretty good communism as far as communism goes. We have uh, all ten planks of the Communist Manifesto, at least partially in effect in the United States. Um, socialism, where things aren't owned privately but owned. Uh, by a, a community which is really essentially by the government that controls it um yeah oh yeah we're absolutely this is a socialist country you don't even own your body you're not allowed to put what you want in your own body without government permission oh right, we got a comment on youtube los who got los l los no los it's but but that's that's like you got like the you got that name on youtube that's yeah that's a good point that's a really good point and youtube <laughs> Los on YouTube comments and YouTube is subsidized by Alphabet. It isn't actually probable considering the data center infrastructure needed. Huh. No, Alphabet. Well, not Alphabet Soup Agency, Alphabet, <laughs> the, the new Google holding company. Remember? So, Google. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so in case you missed it, Google reorganized corporate structure, uh, I mean, I, a few years ago. I mean, you can look it up, but you should know that, like, Google is not – now it's the umbrella organization Alphabet. So Google is the subsidiary. But, no, this is an interesting theory that Lowe's points out here that YouTube in itself might be a, a, a loss leader for Google. Now, here's – does everybody know the term loss leader? It's, it's a little economic sales. Joey, you don't know the term loss leader? No, I really should Because I, I think you would have, you, from your experience in sales and, and, and the auto industry and things like that. It's when you sell something at a loss in order to lead customers into your business, right? Or, or revenue neutral, right? So like a, a lot of offers for, you know, free whatever when you come in the store, right? That That's a lot. Like Or when, when an RV store holds a, a barbecue picnic camp out sales event. They don't make money from giving away barbecue. <laughs> like, no shit. That's a lost leader, right? Or if they sell, if, if they were to say, uh, maybe maybe more technically appropriate as, as an example of lost leader would be like if an RV store um, hosted a giant barbecue cookout. And the purpose was not to, like, it's not that the RV store is getting into the, the barbecue business all of a sudden. Don't worry, I'll bring it back to Google. The RV shop is not getting into the barbecue business. That's not, that's not, that's not some weird economic phenomenon where all of a sudden, oh, look, these businesses combined. We can make money doing barbecue and selling RVs. No. But if they were to host a giant barbecue event and say, you know, it's going to cost us $10 per person to feed everybody here. Right. But we are going to sell tickets for five dollars each. Okay. Five dollars each. And if we but it's a lot. No, it's very good math in total when you look at the bottom line for the RV business. Because because the RV business, if the RV if the RV dealer says to the public, "Hey, free barbecue." People go, man, yeah, it's, a, it's just a free sales gimmick, whatever. They go, hey, we're doing an all-you-can-eat barbecue buffet for $5. We go, hey, 
that's a good deal. I must be they must be taking a loss on that. I as a customer, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get a good deal. I'm gonna get a five dollar all you can eat barbecue. Now, say they get a say they do a thousand meals that way. And so it's a five thousand dollar party that cost them, you know. They said they spent ten thousand dollars to get a thousand meals. They they sold five hundred. They they sold a thousand meals. Excuse me for five dollars each. They got five thousand. They lost five thousand dollars on the barbecue. But they got advertising, right? But they got free advertising out of it. And it's not just free advertising because it's it's customers in the store, right? And if they lost $5,000 on the barbecue itself, but they got 1,000 people walking through that RV lot, they sell one RV that they make a $5,000 cut on. Now it's neutral. If they sell two that they would not have sold otherwise, then they just made $5,000. You see how this works? So there are a lot of examples in this. So bringing it back to Google and Alphabet, Alphabet, is in the business not of hosting free YouTube services on the internet, and uh, we make money through app. No, what's what, 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 what's Google's main main? But what are they really selling? I mean, even then, it's, it's ads. But you know what? It's I think it goes deeper than that. I think it, I, I think Google is selling influence to government. Yeah. I, they figured out the algorithms to completely figure out what's on everybody's mind just based on their, their activity on their cell phone. So, yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of influence. Maybe they're, right. Maybe they're, maybe they're making more money through something else. And it's a weird quirk of the modern technological corporatist era that, I, I mean, I'm, I, he's bringing back to Losa's comment here. YouTube could be a loss leader for Google, and they don't care if they lose money. Think about, think about government as a business for a second, right? What, what's the welfare state? The loss leader. The government doesn't make money on the welfare. Politicians, government, they don't make money on the welfare state. But it gets people to have faith in the system enough that they, they'll, they'll pay taxes, Right. Maybe that's not the best analysis of this because you think of government as a business, its customers are not the citizens, right? Serving ruling citizens is a loss leader for a business whose primary customers, I guess, oh, you're the voter. (laughs) You think you're the customer when it comes to government? No, no. Did you, did you donate? millions of dollars to presidential campaigns, then you're a customer of government. So what's what's their product? Government racket. Their product is money. Give us money, we'll give you more money, right? We'll steal. It's, it's a theft service. Essentially, we will steal from the people in order to serve our sponsors. That's government's message to their customers. Hey, come come shop with us. <laughs> support, support our store. And they have you look at it that way. There are a lot of loss leader things built into the system. Um, Carrie Espinosa, are you talking about corporate welfare? No, in this, well, yes and no, in the sense, um, that I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I really like the term corporate welfare. I mean, it's a way of like demonizing, look, you gave money away to corporations when you should be giving it away to people, right? It's like a, it's, it's a sort of twist of words. It, it's very, it's good, like corporate welfare. There are times you go, 
uh, no, I'm against corporate welfare. And people go, oh, oh yeah, that's corporate welfare. But it's like, it's, it's deeper and much bigger than that with corporatism. So in this case, I'm talking about welfare as the loss leader. Corporate welfare is the main product. Does that make sense? So government loses money by giving out welfare, but it makes it easy for them to, yeah, same thing, exactly. So is, is it is it corporate welfare or is it like, it's all corporate welfare. Um, tax benefits, special regulations passed, business licensing, all of those things. You could call it corporate welfare, but it's more like, uh, I hired somebody to steal something for me and they're giving me what, they're, what, they, what, what they stole for me. And they're using this public welfare system to you know, take care of the American people. And, and that's the excuse for them to stay in power that enables them to, uh, to, to continue to get away with everything. So while I reorganize my beverages to make sure that I don't have any corporate logos on screen, what are you doing? Oh, gee, Joey, I'm just, I'm working hard here. To like not promote corporate bullshit and there you go with your corporate bullshit yeah yeah it's you know it's a compromise of traveling but we are, we're here in mississippi and uh shout out to vicky rose chair of the mississippi libertarian party for getting us here and making this happen uh but you know there's something there's something kind of weird like she, she's hosting a regional event here for the libertarian party it's very cool uh, a lot of good speakers coming in from from the area um, but I don't know if you know this, Mississippi is like the Southern version of New York for being the greatest pocket of statism. And it's weird because there's a lot less people here, yeah. but Mississippi, we are in prohibition territory. You can, you can go to jail for weed still. Well, one thing, I don't know if you knew this, uh, and it just jogged my memory this morning, the voters in Mississippi voted in favor of medical cannabis the last election, but in May they struck it down. The government said, I don't give a shit about what you guys want. I mean, even though you voted on it, you went through our whole legislative process, but fuck you anyway. Um, so that's what Mississippi is. That's the level of statism that we are sitting in right now. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> like it's on my skin. I feel like I might get arrested just for having feet on my arm. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, uh, Definitely going to try to stay safe. Michael Mulkey, prohibition is cancer to personal freedoms. Indeed. Um, no, it's more like a bullet to the head. Cancer kills you slowly when it's prohibition. It's like, hey, you know, you, you thought you had that freedom. No, you don't. <laughs> That's prohibition. All right. And with that, uh, we got a fun show stacked up for you today. A lot of good news. A uh, quick weather update thing to get out of the way. It's flooding in New York City. Jim, if you want to pull this up, the first link from the sun, shock weather, New York. Is that supposed to be like some wordplay, shock weather? Yeah, they always do something weird with the sun with these stupid word games in their headlines. Shock weather, is that like shock and awe? Is there some that was somebody who did not do their homework last night. They showed up to the office and were like, shock weather. Well, here's the cool part I want to share with everybody for the Good News Friday. Jet skis through the streets of New York City. <laughs> now, there is a, there's a very libertarian angle to this because 
some of the comments on this um, are saying, oh my gosh, it's like there's, it's like the climate is changing. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, because it's, because, because it's flooding. Uh, it must, it must be climate change. Um, but the funny thing is there's the, the, uh, by the way, assembly. So there's some, there's some tweets shared in the story from the sun. Um, and I'm, it's not just to show you jet skis in the streets as cool as that is. Uh, assembly member Robert Carroll at Bobby for Brooklyn on Twitter wrote nine years after Hurricane Sandy, the MTA, that's Metropolitan Transit Authority, I believe, for New York City, still needs to do a much better job at hardening our central infrastructure. Heavy rain shouldn't flood our subway tunnels and risk the lives of strap hangers. Does everybody know what a strap hanger is? It took me a while to figure that out. By the way, I need I need my co-hosts to like stop me every time and be like, Adam, wait, use this term. People no, in New no. York, no, yeah. And no, no. so in New York, that they, they have a it's their cool term for a subway rider because it's a strap, you know, that hangs from the the bar on the top of the subway. So they call them strap hangers. Oh. And so it's it's a, I, there's probably all sorts of other cultural connotations that I don't know, but that's what strap hanger refers to. Um, but it's sort of like it's the it's the cool New York way of saying a subway passenger is a strap hanger. Um, I don't know. Maybe it has some other cool built in meaning to it. But here's my point with this city. What's a city? Highly government regulated area <clears throat> for construction, zoning and flood control. Oh, yeah. City floods. Don't blame the people who built that there. Blame nature. <laughs> blame yeah. Blame global warming. Fuck you. Really? Really? You're gonna like I'm pretty sure this is government's fault. Like it even even government says it's government's fault. That it's that the MTA like, yeah, and is the hardening our essential infrastructure. It's a it's a socialist government system in New York City for transportation. I, I'm sorry, did I say socialist? That's being too kind. Corporatist. Corporate. This this is our comment contest for the day. I know this isn't a good one for Good News Friday. Are you ready for this, Joey? Right. How do you combine the terms of socialism, communism, fascism, and corporatism into one term that describes the current American political system? Okay. So give me the three again. Four. Four. Socialism. Okay. Communism fascism and corporatism did i leave one out last time anyway can you like so far no <laughs> so i thought i thought corporatism would be like a good way but corporatism doesn't cover it um corporatism is is not an all-encompassing enough of a term to really include to, to cover the socialist communist and, and fascist dynamics in the united states today that makes sense yeah. so we need another i mean i i well how do you describe the american you know political system that we live under today because it's it's not a republic it's not a democracy um it is all of those four things it, it is socialist it is communist it is fascist it is corporatist but none of those words by themselves it, it really covers the whole. Was this democratic? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. 
people here. I mean, if, if you ask, that's the average kid on the street. But if they, they, we live in a democracy. No, and, and and I'm I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt with the word democracy. What is this? Uh, Ten fifty four mercantilism. Mercantilism refers to I, I, that. That might be it. Um, it's a little esoteric of a term. It's it's uh, I think a few hundred years old and refers to you know mer merchants when that was like you know a, a, a European system of favor. I, I forgive me. I don't, I'm not like I got to Google the term mercantilism, but I, I don't think that's quite it. Um, Mercantilism, historical, the economic theory that trade generates wealth and is stimulated by the accumulation of profitable balances, which the government should encourage by means of protectionism. That's fair. Like, you could describe it as that, but also not quite all-encompassing here. But thank you. No, it's, a good, it's a good try. Um, so, dem democracy rule by the people the, the the literal meaning of the word from the greek roots uh or is it latin is it greek it's greek <laughs> uh trying to sound trying to sound smart um <clears throat> greek, I mean, they're the same root. It's, it's but in, in, in the in the word itself the word itself and that's not the definition but the word itself means rule by the people right and you know, in political science terms, that generally means vote by popular opinion. And by the way, I fucking hate people trying to be like, oh, America's not a democracy, it's a republic. It's a constitutional republic. That's like... It's not just a drink. It's a coffee. It's it's still a drink, asshole. Uh, okay, Ed Vallejo. Uh, imperial, empiricalism. <laughs> empiricalism did not empiricism, <laughs> like looking at things empirically and objectively, but being imperial. Uh, imperialism. That maybe maybe you're on the right track there. Something with empire. Um, Ed got it. <laughs> not quite empiricalism. <laughs> imperialism. We have an imperialist system. That's. That we're gonna try that on. That that might be it. That just might be the term. But uh, back to democracy for a second. Um, democracy when 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 you're broad in its its use. All right, you guy, techno oligarchy. Yeah, no, it's because it, it's more than that. You know, it, it it's definitely an oligarchy, right? Categorically, it's an oligarchy in the sense that. Uh, uh, it, it's it's a it's a group of extremely powerful people that run the system like this. Traditionally, how human societies have been organized, uh, but it, 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 the, the techno side of it, like that's actually kind of limiting. I mean, calling it an oligarchy is like calling it a system. Like, yeah, it's a system uh, ruled by a small group of people. I think I think we need a term more. I think I still think imperialist is is better than that. Healthy disrespects a shadow monarchy. Shadow monarchy. No, okay. Like so anyway, Michael Mulkey said USA Inc. We could make like a whole show off of this, it seems. Everybody's got some uh some great answers. Yeah. Well oh, let me let me finish the point about democracy. We'll do producer notes and then we'll, we'll get into our analysis. It's good news Friday. We have good news. Trust me, we have Seriously, good news. look at the title. Uh, it's good. So democracy yeah, it's really good. Uh democracy could be uh, a bunch of different systems, right? Like, I, I would say that anarchy 
in, in, a, in a sense, statelessness, um, a polit political anarchy, not chaos. Um, and I'm not an anarchist, but uh, I'm a voluntarist. So it, it, in a sense, anarchy where there's no system imposed on the people, well, then you have rule by the people, right? You could st stretch the term democracy and say, well, it applies to the modern political concept of what we call democracy, because when 51% of people vote for something and the other 49% of people have the majority's will forced on them. Yeah. You didn't get that, but that kind of what we call a democracy is bad for minorities because it's majority ruled. Yeah. Do, not, do not put that together. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, of course, it's it's ruled by the people that control the system. And hence, we're back to oligarchy. But I, I want to use the term like a, a republic. If you have a republic where your elected representatives represent you based on a popular vote or represent your region based, it's still categorically, it's a subset of democracy. So again, oh, we live in a republic, not a democracy. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but then uh, that... That doesn't uh, that, that doesn't help us with the terminology here for you know what kind of system do we really live under today? So with that, that's your comment contest. You can win membership in the Producers Club and Jim with producers notes. I'll tell you all about it. What's going on? Thank you very much. Hope you're enjoying the show, everybody. Uh, I just want to put in my two cents. We are being run. The world is being run by demons. That worship <laughs> death. That's my opinion. That's the only explanation because they're demonocracy. Okay. Demon demonocracy. There you go. That's, that's good. <laughs> so as far as promos, hey, hey. oh, go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. To win the contest today, you also have to uh, comment on Twitch. Yeah, entries yes, must be made on Twitch. Yeah. Comment like comment that. contest is only uh, only on Twitch. Twitch answers only. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Get out here so I can do promos. Uh, Adam versus the man has a public telegram channel. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man is how you can find that. Everyone is welcome. No matter when you're finding yourself on this show, you can go onto your telegram, click into that link and join the group. You can see all the links of every show we talk, every article we cover every single day. So it's definitely cool to be uh, a part of the public telegram in Adam versus the man. Next we got, Patreon, that's how we can support the show. We got one, we got five, we got 10. We even have a $50 a month package. $10 a month is what we call the sweet spot that'll get you access to the Private Producers Club. The Private Producers Club gives you access to a private conversation 24 hours a day, basically, with everyone that runs the show and everyone that likes the show. That's where we share links with each other and discuss what we're going to be putting on the show the next day. So definitely get involved with that at Patreon. It's a good time. Next, we go to Homefront Battle Buddies. We learned about them yesterday, the veterans nonprofit organization that holds retreats designed to help veterans uh, get back to civilian life without the uh, evils of the government ruining their brains. Anything that you donate to homefrontbattlebuddies.com is tax deductible, so keep that in mind. Visit the website, click all the buttons, read all the things. Uh, it's an excellent organization that you should learn more about. Next, we got Instagram. If you like Instagram, you should search for at the Garden of Freedom. That's where you'll find all the pictures and videos of life up there in Gardenia. Everything uh, it's been going. This page has been going for like a year. So you can scroll and scroll and scroll and have fun with that. 
all kinds of good visuals on Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. So check that out. Next, we go to the Crypto6.com. This is where the Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. I'm sure you've heard all about it. If you haven't, the Crypto6.com is where you can learn all about it. These uh, QR codes are different cryptocurrency scans that you can send different cryptocurrencies to help donate to the guys with their legal funds. Uh, this button right up here at the top has a link, uh, the address, so you can write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage. You can let them know you're supporting them. Let them know you're uh, hoping that everything works out for them. Next, we go to GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the best website we send people to that are looking to learn more about solar power, micro wind power, uh, zero energy homes. If you're looking to do it yourself and you want to educate yourself on those matters, GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is a website for you. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy the show. All right. We start with some great news in our human optimization block for Good News Friday from goodnewsnetwork.org. Psychedelic found in magic mushrooms spurs growth of neural connections lost in depression. Landmark study finds. Yes. Magic mushrooms are so magical, they actually repair the human brain. And this is something that just that we are able to probe this at this point and understand this is, is absolutely incredible. But what it, I mean, I, 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 I wonder if there's something wrong with me for being a libertarian that just is like, well, let's just not forget how fucked up our brains are because government made this shit illegal for decades. Like, this is the, psilocybin. Is a, is a gift to humanity that has been robbed from us. The psychedelic drug psilocybin, a naturally occurring compound found in some mushrooms, has been studied as a potential treatment for depression for years, but exactly how it works in the brain and how long beneficial results might last is still unclear. In a new study, Yale researchers show that a single dose of psilocybin given to mice prompted an immediate and long-lasting increase in connections between neurons. We not only saw a 10% increase in the number of neuronal connections, but also they were on average about 10% larger. So the connections were stronger as well, said Yale's Alex Kwan, associate professor of psychiatry of neuroscience and senior author of the paper. Previous lab experiments at Stone promised that psilocybin, as well as the anesthetic ketamine, can decrease depression. The new Yale research found that these compounds increase the density of dendritic spines, small protrusions found on nerve cells, which aid in the transmission of information between neurons. Chronic stress and depression are known to reduce the number of these neuronal connections. I, I mean, I, there's so, I, I'm thinking like, all right, so how do we practically apply this, right? YouTube empty. Wow, that's a great find. All right, get on Twitch and be an even greater commenter. <laughs> uh, Psychic Taxi is now on Twitch. My gears got wrecked yesterday. <laughs> we know what that's about. Uh, but no, for for you know, magic mushrooms, it's it, it, it's it's such a, a a wide open field for immediate discovery of ideas of such great potential and benefit to humanity and you go oh well that's why it's suppressed but i mean i, I wonder now if there's a way uh that that you can 
just maybe microdose mushrooms and have like a little bit every day and then it just makes you smarter? <laughs> like, is that, that's a thing. is that a thing? Actually like, being done. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's a, that's a thing. You can just, all right. Um, then you go, why did we not do, why have we not been doing this forever? Oh, because government, right? Now, uh, there's a related story linked here. Eating mushrooms a few times a week could dramatically reduce dementia risk, says six-year study. Oh, you know how people's brains fall apart with age and dementia and they just like neural... I mean, we, you know, and Joe, if you don't mind, I'm going to make this personal for a second. Okay. We can talk about Miko. Yeah, we can, we can talk so we're about... We're talking about Joey's dog here. Because Joey's dog is at least 16 years old. Wait, She's wait, amazing. Wait, wait. I, I thought she was 12 <laughs> until a recent injury she had when I called her first owner. And we found out that she is indeed 16 years old, not Epic 12. for a dog, right? And the challenge with Miko right now is that her body is outlasting her brain. It's it's a, it's weird to say it that way, but that's that's a very accurate way of describing it. Which is like kind of kind of like congratulations for a dog, you made it to old age, and now you're you know your 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 body is good, but your brain is failing, and it, it's it's because humans support dogs that they're able to live so long, right? Sort of un, un unnaturally long, and uh, and we have all these ways that modern science has looked at extending the longevity of the body. But just kind of accepted, oh, yeah, the brain just falls apart eventually. That's just kind of how big, complicated mammalian brains work. Tough shit. And it's like, no, no, maybe not. Maybe nature gave us the answer. And that, the government took it away. I, it's, it's maddening when you put it that way, Joey, but it's absolutely true. And I wonder if, like, if, if we started giving, if we had, a proper understanding of psilocybin and mushrooms and neuron regeneration medical concepts that maybe there'd be some supplement. You go, oh, hey, your dog's 12 years old. Time to put, get them on this daily vitamin that keeps their brain from, from falling apart. And then, and then they, they don't, you know, cause what, I mean, dogs die of, you know, a lot of different things that they just are sort of degenerative. Right. And, um, you know, like bones, hips, hearts, internal organs, um, and brains. It's 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 often brains. It's you know, a lot of dogs that when they, they, they I I'd like to think. I mean, Joey Miko's situation isn't isn't that unusual, is it? I mean, there are a lot of dogs that are very well taken care of, and and that's how they go is that their bodies outlast their brains, and and it's doggy dementia is is not. An uncommon phenomenon. I wonder how many we can say with mushrooms. Her breed too is known to last and, and just outlive. She's a, a healer catalog. So they live to like 20 years old. These dogs are just notorious for long lifespans. And uh, healthy gets respect for, for authorities asking if I've tried to get her coconut oil, um, which I haven't, but definitely want to look that up. I'm curious, does that help the brain? Healthy disrespect. You can put coconut oil on everything, and it makes everything better. I think, uh, I think we should everything. like. I think you know we should we should go to Washington D.C. and start rubbing Capitol buildings up with, with the Capitol building with coconut oil and see if that. Yeah. See coconut oil has been helping humans with Alzheimer's. Oh, interesting. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. But that, but that's that's actually some pretty basic bitch shit, really, when it comes to coconut oil is in terms of brain regeneration compared to psilocybin, because uh, the, the, from what I understand. 
coconut oil is full of extremely healthy lipids, natural fats, plant fats, and of course other nutrients and things like that that are like building blocks, right? Nutritional building blocks for the brain for a lot, a lot of your neural connections depend on lipids, on specific types of fat. So by the way, fat doesn't make you fat. When you eat fat, no, carbs make you fat. Yeah, we learned that from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Remember that scene? Yeah. <laughs> no, fat makes, what, bread makes you, yeah, yeah, sugar. Sugar is carbs. Um, so with uh, with coconut oil, you go, okay, yeah, yeah, take your coconut oil, take your, take your supplements, take all your vitamins, have a healthy brain, have a long, healthy life. But there's, it might be that we need this medicine as well to make sure that our, I mean, and I wonder if this, if this, what other effects can we can we induce with long term? We call it chronic because it's a drug. It's addictive. Chronic mushroom usage, right? Um, if you're a chronic mushroom user, you might be less likely to get dementia. Uh, <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. All right. Whoop-de-doo. You got that handle on, on Twitch. Uh, when microdosing, you don't feel it. Um, yeah. So you well not necessarily. I mean, so is is there you mellow? Is that but hold on? Is that is that? I don't think microdosing is so precisely defined as to say it's only when you take drugs that you don't feel. And it's like, well, then what's the point? Um, no, but it, it, you're taking a smaller dose than you would normally to have a single recreational experience. Is that? Microdosing. Actually, there's a um, there's a group in Colorado, based out of Colorado, called Veterans for Natural Rights, and they have been working with a bunch of folks to try to figure out this this whole microdosing thing. And 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 you basically just grind your mushrooms up, put it in little gel caps, and that way you can measure out yeah how much you're using. Well, I've I've done I've done just a little bit of supposed to be like RSO, like a taper up and taper back down thing every thirty days is what. Everybody's just kind of figuring this out on their own. That's really right. fucking dumb because you can't talk about it publicly, right? Um, I'll say this. I've done I've done a little bit of microdosing experimentation with mushrooms for myself when someone gave me an ounce. And I had like I had an ounce, like you know, it was a sandwich, ziploc sandwich bag um full of mushroom caps. And uh I, I just didn't have the it, the opportunity to party like i didn't feel okay here we have a definition practice of using sub-threshold doses of sero serotogenic psychedelic drugs and attempt to improve creativity all right so sub-threshold the threshold of what increased performance on, now and, and it's not it's not that you don't notice so this is from wikipedia this is not a word definition this is the wikipedia uh title or sentence on microdosing psychedelic microdosing is the practice of using sub-threshold doses of serotogenic psychedelic drugs in an attempt to improve creativity boost physical energy level promote emotional balance increase performance on problem-solving tasks and to treat anxiety depression and addiction okay so I, I think we can tease out a sort of functional definition from this and everything that i've heard and all the uses of the word microdosing is that it is taking drugs, and by the way, I don't think this is—I don't think the term microdosing should be etymologically, word-wise, limited to psychedelics. Uh, you know, I—I I microdose Benadryl. I take a little because I, I find I sleep better, and my allergies. But it's a—it's 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 a, it's a, for my weight, it's like a quarter of a normal dose. Remember that definition says sub-threshold threshold of what 
launching smoke we smoke dmt and you, you go into a different world or you know uh, whatever it is um i think i'm a cannabis microdoser really if you want to think about it this I, way like i would agree i am too all day little little amounts they don't sit and smoke like a whole joint now and i mean I, there are times yeah, when we do that yeah right but no i mean every 20 minutes i i, I take a little bit I just, a little and i never reach a threshold of I mean, I reached a threshold of comfort. Does that, does that count? Yeah. So sub. So I think when when it says sub threshold, I think if if we were to put this into a definition, it would be that uh, it, it's more in the purpose. So the purpose is uh, performance optimization over a longer term, rather than a single recreational experience. That's the distinction. And so I my primary use of cannabis is microdosing. I, I like to microdose. I like to, to get up and I go, wake and bake. Like, no, I don't wake up and get baked. I wake up and get adjusted. You know, that's a nice adjustment. Life is more enjoyable. I feel better. I'm a little more relaxed. I, I guess I, I perform better generally. I enjoy life more on the whole with, uh, with a little bit of weed in my system. So, but, but am I high? Like, I, do I walk around going, oh, I'm high all the time. I'm tripping all the time. I'm, I'm no, like, I, I, that's not what we makes me sound like anyway. <laughs> uh, but the, the, I will say there are times when it's different when I smoke weed to get high. And I'm like, all right, you know, we just got off a plane. <laughs> Let's get high, you know, and, and you can kind of vary it on that. So when it's like sub threshold, you know, what, what does that mean? And, and to me, definitionally, it, it's more important to define that as not for a singular recreational experience primarily, right? So when I had this, this bag of mushrooms, um, I did like one, and it was, it was, were we doing the show? Now I can't remember. We... It's the mushroom for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... <laughs> This was this was earlier this late winter, early spring this year. So I was doing the show. Um, so I would do the show and then right afterwards take a mushroom cap because I didn't want it to be I didn't want it to, to compromise with the, the you know my presence on the, on the show. And uh, but what I would do is I'd do the show, um, you know, eight to ten a.m. Pacific time. I finish the show and I take a mushroom cap and then I go out and do chainsaw work. I did that for like three weeks. It was fucking amazing. And I I love my chainsaw therapy as it is going out and, uh, you know, getting the physical activity. And, and I love my trees. I'm a tree hugging hippie. And, you know, grooming up my trees, doing the bonsai stuff that I like to do with the uh, with my electric chainsaw. And it's, I you go, oh my God, you're doing drugs and playing with a chainsaw? First of all, it's an electric chainsaw. It's very, very safe. Um, I've cut myself with it. <laughs> That's a great follow-up, right? It's so safe. I've cut myself with it. No, I've cut myself with it because you can just be so casual with it and know that it's because it doesn't have an internal combustion engine. It doesn't have a runaway blade ever. You let go of the trigger and the blade stops. And you know, like it's, it, yeah, you can cut someone's leg off with it if you want. It's a powerful fucking chainsaw, but it's not dangerous in the way that a normal chainsaw is. So, uh, it, when I was doing this, this, this mushrooms microdosing. Was it sub threshold, Joey? I don't know because I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, like I was like, wow, like I, I would go out and uh, work on the chainsaw all day. Like I would, I would finish the show and and then get dressed for field work, take a cap, 
and we'll take a cap, get dressed while it's kicking in. And I, I wasn't tripping, but I did notice it. Okay. It wasn't but, just like, oh, so, I'm here. So you overall, like your overall feeling in your body, like is better, like as if you had a good diet, right? Like, so you drink a lot of water. You don't hit like a water threshold, but your body feels better. So you're always going to feel something, right? That doesn't mean that you hit any threshold. I would. Yeah. And microdosing is not just a. No, no. So stop. Not just a psilocybin thing. They're doing it with ketamine right now, legally, for veterans with PTSD. Yeah. Like it's, it's limited, but it's it's happening. So yeah. no, so so the sub threshold is is it recreational or not? At the point, and and it's a it's a big fuzzy gray line. It's not black and white, but there is a distinction between I'm using this for optimization of performance versus you know I'm having a recreational drug experience. That's that's the threshold, and and like for me, microdose on mushrooms. I mean, I could say it's kind of both, but. I wasn't trying to trip. That wasn't the point. The point was optimization of what I was doing. So Jim comments when talking about psychedelic drugs, the threshold is when you begin to experience visuals, in my opinion. I you know what, Jim? That that's I'm I'm glad you bring that up because that's an important indicator. But I, I don't believe that that is is the critical distinction. Because there are different psychedelics that have different visual dynamics where uh you say start seeing visuals visuals can be very subtle like when i was doing chainsaw work microdosing mushrooms things were more vibrant like just like it was like turning up the saturation i mean color saturation yeah like, colors like, look great like a photo yeah like, like like on a camera at or like you know on your everybody knows saturation now i used to say saturation when i was a photoshop geek like 25 years ago and it was like, oh no, saturation is when you make the colors pop more. And it's like, you know, yeah, that's what it is for me sometimes when I was doing this. And it was every other day or so, like it was, I think it was the stronger doses. So I was like, I was right on, like right above and below that threshold of visually just even, and, and it, it's, it's, it's relatively subtle. I mean, as the mushrooms would kick in for me, I'd be like, oh, let me land this gorgeous <laughs> you know these these trees are so green <laughs> it was, so the sky wonderful. is so blue the, the the dirt is so red you know <laughs> what does it mean so there's there's all that um but yes yeah, seeing visuals i don't think because you could say like for some people you, you could be microdosing uh jim freedom that's fine-tuning your sense by visual i mean seeing things that aren't there See that's yeah, that that's not really a thing though. Like I, I want I want to like a, a lot of the mythology around psychedelics is like like the bullshit propaganda around cannabis. It's gonna make you see stuff that's not there and go crazy and jump off a building to try to catch a flying unicorn. And it's like no, that's, uh, that's the and even then make you jump off buildings. No, no. So yeah, my, well, my experience and, and I've done significant mushrooms and i've done a little bit of lsd i mean i'm not micros but like i've dosed a ghost i've done i mean i've tripped on lsd really tripped like maybe half a dozen times not hardcore i don't want to i'm not overplaying this 
Um, I do want to experiment more, but part of the problem is, you know, safe supply, reliability, and yes. things like that. Yes. And it's one of the things that we really need to, uh, I mean, that we're overcoming as, as the drug war comes to an end. But uh, the most, I mean, the, 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 what I usually get with visuals is more like textures and patterns coming alive. Um, we were watching a video about this the other day where they were making fun of like in movies and TV shows where they show you psychedelics and it's like Scooby-Doo cartoons and you know, like rainbow road. It's no, like, no, that happens in your dreams. You close your eyes, you have powerful visions, things like that. See, Jim and I have done DMT together. DMT is totally different visually because you launch and you close your eyes and it's an overwhelming and you know, the, sense of visuals that are created from your brain but even then like i you know people say they see i've heard people say they see aliens or little green men that was a thing with with big thing but like always with joe rogan talking about that with dmt but i and i i smoked oh i will say dmt i'm an expert in terms of experience that way i i have launched about 200 times with dmt and it's it's a totally different and that in and of itself could be considered microdosing to like do dmt at lunch it was called you know the businessman's trip for a long time when it was legal because you could be at work and go to lunch wait, 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 back and have up, a meal back up people people don't know that 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 reality when it was legal can you yeah there was this time in there. human history when the drug war wasn't a thing so yeah i know i know crazy right no. so the businessman's trip. If you want to look, you know, look up that term, understand what that means with DMT. Um, you know, if, if you do that to go, okay, I'm having a 15 minute meditative, you know, psych psychedelic induced meditative experience over lunch, that could be considered a kind of microdosing, right? Uh, Kale, I'm just, I'm just, what, just, I'm just scrolling <laughs> So, the, so it, they, they were making fun of that and saying that the closest thing they ever saw in a movie to what acid was really like was in Fear and Loathing, and it was when the carpet started moving and coming alive, and, yeah. and it was like that's what that's what happens, and I I I think that's much more typical than you know when you say see things that aren't there, like okay. I saw the texture of this wall and this wallpaper start to ripple. You know, it's, it's, and you go, ooh, it's, and, and you know, some of the stuff will like surge and, and, and undulate, you know, things like that. Uh, Blood Raw Truth One on Twitch, there's no DMT in the traditional ayahuasca. The originals were already connected to Gaia. DMT is needed for the Western world more disconnected. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to weigh on that history of ayahuasca. Uh, but this uh, new availability is leading to uh, really understand the potential. We have a lot of good news stories today. So back to the headlines, psychedelics first growth of neural connections, loss and depression, according to this Yale study. Using a laser scanning microscope, Quan and first author Ling Zhao Shao, a postdoctoral associate in the Yale School of Medicine, imagined dendritic spines, imaged dendritic spines, in high resolution, track them for multiple days in living mice. They found increases in the number of dendritic spines and their size within 24 hours of administration of psilocybin. 
These changes were still present a month later. Also, my subjective stress showed behavioral improvements and increased neurotransmitter activity after being given psilocybin. For some people, psilocybin, an active component compound in magic mushrooms, can produce a profound mystical experience. The psychedelic was a staple of religious ceremonies among indigenous populations of the New World and also popular recreation drugs. It may be the novel psychological effects of psilocybin itself that spurs the growth of neural connections. Juan said, quote, it was a real surprise to see such enduring changes from just one dose of psilocybin, he said of the findings published in the journal Neuron this month. These new connections may be the structural changes the brain uses to store new experiences. Very exciting. Very cool. Also from goodnewsnetwork.org, while we're figuring out how to make ourselves smarter, we're also figuring out how to survive stab wounds. Student builds life-saving device that can instantly stop bleeding from stab wounds. What? And I'm like, how about we stop stabbing each other? Uh, no, and this is this is just. I, I will take a minute to sidebar here on the diversion of academic resources to things that are not necessarily in humans' best interest. Uh, not that this is bad. This is actually really cool technology. Jim is showing the video, and nice. yeah, I mean, you got a stab wound. And I'm thinking like. I People stab themselves. Like, you're oh, right, right, right. There will always be, yes, yeah. I'm not saying that this I think is. That's more likely that people <laughs> being stabbed. <by> <laughs> yes, yes. I would, I would, I would wager that most stab injuries that, that people get medical treatment for today are uh, not inflicted through violent conflict, but, but rather through industrial accidents of some kind or another or, or just personal clumsiness. Uh, but that this kid, a UK college senior, is doing his part to stop the bleeding of violent knife crime by inventing a device that can help first responders better seal wounds. Now, the thing is, if this is in, in the UK. Remember, no guns. They, have, they get to worry about stabbing. They get to worry about knife crime. It's so safe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that this guy. That, what what pisses me off about this is that this guy is a, is a smart kid, obviously. Possibly genius, UK college senior. And instead of like getting into uh, political science, social science, going, gee, how do we stop the bleeding of society? How do we, you know, actually make this happen less? It, it's like, well, let's let's put a bandaid on the gaping wound here, shall we? I mean, even those accidental stabbings, Joe. Like, again, this tool is great. It's very cool. I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm just, I'm a libertarian, so I'm a contrarian. I got to find the uh, the government fault in everything. No, because there's so much potential in young people now asking big questions with technology and information and academic capabilities behind them like never before, although academia is rotting out in so many other ways. Yeah. Down with the big institutions and government-subsidized bullshit, of course. But, uh, that, that, that they're asking the wrong questions should bother everybody because they are not asking, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, like, how do we, how do we deal with stab wounds? Well, uh, we could, we could build a life-saving device that can instantly stop bleeding from stab wounds, or we could design a social program so that nobody gets stabbed anymore. You know, like, I know it's not as simple as that, but I, I think you get my point. Speaking of your brain, bigthink.com, your brain isn't a computer, it's a quantum field. What? 
By examining our minds at a quantum level, we change them, and by changing them, we change the reality that shapes them. The irrationality of how we think is long-plagued psychology. When someone asks us how we are, we usually respond with fine or good, but if someone followed up about a specific event, how do you feel with a big meeting with your boss today? Suddenly, we refine our good or fine responses on a spectrum from awful to excellent. In less than a few sentences, we can contradict ourselves. We're good, but feel awful. Feel awful. Oh, man, I'm so awful right now. Feel awful about how the meaning went. (laughs) How then could we be good overall? Bias, experience, knowledge, and context, all consciously and unconsciously, form a confluence that drives every decision we make and emotion we express. Human behavior is not easy to anticipate, and probability theory often fails in its predictions of it. Enter quantum cognition. A team of researchers has determined that while our choices and beliefs don't often make sense or fit a pattern or macro level on a macro level, at a quantum level, they can be predicted with surprising accuracy. In quantum physics, examining a particle's state changes the state of the particle. So to the observation effect influences how we think about the ideas we are considering. The quantum cognition theory opens the fields of psychology and neuroscience to understanding the mind not as a linear computer, but rather an elegant universe. In the example of the meeting, if someone asks, did it go well? We immediately immediately think of ways it did. However, if he, or she, if he or she asks, were you nervous about the meeting? We might remember that it was pretty scary to give a presentation in front of a group. The other borrowed concept in quantum cognition is that we cannot hold incompatible ideas in our minds at one time. In other words, decision-making and opinion-forming are a lot like Schrodinger's cat, which simultaneously exists and does not exist. The quantum cognition theory opens the field of psychology and neuroscience to understanding the mind not as a linear computer, but rather an elegant universe. But the notion that human thought and existence is richly paradoxical has been around for centuries. Moreover, the more scientists and scholars explore the irrational rationality of our minds, the closer science circles back to the confounding logic at the heart of every religion. Buddhism, for instance, is premised on riddles such as peace comes from within. Do not seek it without it. Ooh. That's one of my more favorite Buddhist well, it's not that I know a lot of them, but that one, uh, that one stuff, I mean, I heard it years ago. Trying to pick your favorite, favorite quote from Buddhism is like trying to choose your favorite child, right? Do not seek it without it. Do not seek peace. Without peace? Without peace. Hmm. And in Christianity, the paradox that Christ was simultaneously both a flesh and blood man and the son of God is the central metaphor of the faith. Wait, we had to go from science to Christianity? Hmm. Yeah, okay. For centuries, religious texts have explored the idea that reality breaks down once we get past our surface perceptions of it. And yet, it is through these ambiguities that we understand more about ourselves and our world. In the Old Testament, the embattled Job pleads with God for an explanation as to why he has endured so much suffering. God then quizzically replies, where were you? When I laid the foundations of the earth, the question seems nonsensical. Why would God ask a person in his creation where he was when God himself created the world? But this paradox is a little different from the one in Einstein's famous challenge 
the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, God does not play dice with the universe. As Stephen Hawking counters, even God is bound by the uncertainty principle because if all outcomes were deterministic, then God would not be God. His being the universe's inveterate gambler is the unpredictable certainty that creates him. Mind blown yet? The mind then, according to quantum cognition, gambles with our uncertain reason, feelings, and biases to produce competing thoughts, ideas, and opinions. Then we synthesize those competing opinions to relate to our relatively certain realities. By examining our minds at a quantum level, we change them, and by changing them, we change the reality that shapes them. Did you catch that? Should I say that? Should I read that again? More time. By examining our minds at a quantum level, we change them. That makes sense. And by changing them, we change the reality that shapes them. That also makes sense, too. Feedback loop. Sounds very quantum. Changing the metaphors we use to understand the world, especially the quantum metaphor, can yield amazing insights. So if you want more, check us out at bigthink.com. Links, as always, at t.me slash Adam versus the man. Up next, we have some technology for agriculture that is uh, taking new leaps. Exciting headline from DNY. Oh, wait, comment first from the two kid on Twitch. Definitely past topic. I know it's past topic. I wanted to say hello. My experience with DMT was not visual at all. It was only physical. I get him pulled through a vortex while riding a roller coaster. That sounds fun. Sounds visual, but I guess if you pull well, I mean, through, the feeling of being yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. So, so one of the fun things about psychedelics is what you learn about yourself, and I don't just mean from the the meditative experience and and, and the personal insights. But uh, about how your brain works, and and I I like when when you do do them with other people and you share your experiences. And what's fucked up is that we don't have a lot of people doing this because of the suppression of it. But it, just being able to talk about it with friends and family and share your experiences, uh, very powerful stuff. And what I mean here is that uh, the Tune Kid may have had a truly unique experience on DMT and found that oh hey my brain is unique among human brains for how it processes visual information. Yeah. I mean, not everybody who does acid is going to turn into Jimi Hendrix. Just saying. But you might find out something cool about yourself. DNYUZ.com. No soil, no growing seasons. Just add water and technology. Okay. In this free town on the edge, this is Moorhead, Kentucky. In this pretty town on the edge of coal country, a high-tech greenhouse so large it could cover 50 football fields, glows with the pinks and yellows of 30,600 LED and high-pressure sodium lights. I remember that from when I was growing weed. Inside, without a teaspoon of soil, <laughs> well, I, I'm sure if you scraped all the dirt off people's boots, you'd have a teaspoon of soil. Yeah. Uh, nearly 3 million pounds of Beef steak tomatoes grow on 45 feet high vines whose roots are bathed in nutrient-enhanced rainwater. Other vines hold thousands of small, juicy snacking tomatoes with enough tang to impress Martha Stewart, who was on the board of App Harvest, a startup that harvested its first crop here in January 
and plans to open 11 more indoor farms in Appalachia by 2025. In a much more industrial setting near the Hackensack River in Kearney, New Jersey, Trace filled with sweet baby butterhead lettuce. So I'm going to name my kid that. Sweet, sweet baby, baby butterhead. butterhead. Not lettuce. <laughs> But yeah, sweet baby. I'm gonna. Ch- I'm gonna. We're gonna drop the last name Kokesh. I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna change. My, I'm gonna make my baby's last name Butterhead. So we can name Sweet Baby Butterhead. That's a lie. I didn't even know that was a thing. They sell that. Is that what they sell in grocery stores in New Jersey? Sweet baby. I'll stop. Sweet baby. No, I won't. Sweet baby Butterhead lettuce. All right. Uh, and sorrel. Yeah, I know sorrel. The taste of lemon and green apple are stacked high in a windowless warehouse, what is known as a vertical farm. Bowery, the largest vertical farming company in the U.S., manipulates light, humidity, temperature, and other conditions to grow produce, bankrolled by investors like Justin Timberlake, Natalie Portman, and the chefs Jose Andres and Tom Colicchio. Once I tasted the arugula, I was sold, said Mr. Caliccio, who for years rolled his eyes at people who claimed to grow delic- delicious hydroponic produce. It was so spicy and vibrant, it just blew me away. Yeah. That uh, these farms arrive at a pivotal moment as swaths of the country wither in the heat and drought of climate change. Abetted in part by certain forms of agriculture, the demand for locally grown food has never been stronger in the pandemic has shown many people that the food supply chain isn't as resilient as they thought. So remember, we we interviewed um, uh, Bart with Eden Grow Systems uh, a few weeks ago and talked about what he's developing as the Eden Pod, which is sort of like a personalized or community-based version of of these kinds of uh, controlled growing. I mean, is there is there is there a term for this for like all completely enclosed artificial artificially created grow spaces? I mean, besides Eden Pod, no, I don't think anything. Well, I mean, Eden, Eden Pod is yeah, Eden Pod is a brand, and it's, um, it's kind of, uh, specific to the concept. I mean, something much, much, much more broad uh, in terms of, you know, because it, 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 it's not just hydroponic farming. I think there there are other varieties of this, where it's not you're you're eliminating the weather exposure. And you're creating a contained space. Um, I would. Th- th- there are some people who grow cannabis in greenhouses where they supplement the light, and so I, I might include that. You know, where you have, a, and, and and a lot of these systems as well. They're not. There. It's like why shut out the sunlight to have our oh babe because you can control it and electricity is that. I mean, we might be. So this is the concept with the Eden Pod is that you put solar panels on top. And they will connect enough, collect enough electricity to turn it back into light to make the, the energy for the plants. That that you don't need the direct sunlight effect, and that when you do that, it's actually more controlled, and so it's better than like it's it's easier to put up more. It's easier, cheaper, more resource efficient to put up more solar panels than to put in a window. In some of these systems, that's cool. That's fucking crazy that that's 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 a turning point that's a technology critical making window glass with solar (laughs) internet like how is that not a thing yet no 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 because come on think about it for a second dear 
Solar has to collect the light. I mean, maybe it's a solar panel that you can turn transparent. I feel like I've seen something. It wouldn't, be, like it wouldn't be a static thing because it has to be translucent. It has to block the light going through it in order to collect it and convert it to electricity. Oh, no, the windows that are solar. Yeah. Wow. Oh, because they, they're they dimmers. They have like netting in it. So right, okay. they're like shaded windows. Yeah. Like That's fancy. Ooh. But even then, it's like what. Uh, just because you can combine things doesn't mean you should. Like we covered the flying car. And it's like, no, dumb. Like, no, you quadcopter that shit. You do a flying car with fixed wings, and they're not fixed because they fold in, so you can drive. No, there's the, like, yeah, I hate to say that the the, the flying. I'm not against the concept of something that goes on the ground and flies in the air, but as a car as we know it today and an airplane as we know it today, combining those. Fucking dumb. We did this last week, right? Blood Raw, Blood Raw Truth One, also on Twitch, as instructed. Yes, Twitch. The artificially lights usually produce high THC, low CBD. CBD counteracts the negative, so that's why a lot of newbies panic and never smoke again. Huh. That's two separate things. No, okay. This is very interesting. Let me let me make sure I understand this. So, and, and this makes sense that's because separate, very fair. Because <coughs> I've I've grown cannabis. Uh, with uh, artificial light primarily. And if your goal is to produce a drug for a high as opposed to something to be microdosed for health or a medicine, you want more high THC and low CBD. Now, this is so, so I don't know if this is true or not, but if that's true, artificial lights produce high THC, that kind of makes sense. Yes. And, and also, I would say for all these, these high tech agricultural systems, the hydropon, I mean, hydroponic. At least is the general term right now, right? Uh, hydroponic agricultural systems. When you block out all the sunlight, capture solar, and then turn it back into light, you get to control the light spectrum. Then, and and if you, I, I remember studying this with cannabis because I studied grow light, and grow lights have different spectrums of light they give off. And and this is this is a really cool subject to get into if you want to geek out on this. Even analyze. Leave that comment on screen. I want to. I'm going to get through this whole thing. But, but even just studying natural light, there are lots of different things in it. Different colors, different rays, different spectrums that have different chemical results when they hit plant light. And then the plants absorb you know, the lights differently. Yeah. They absorb different lights, different wavelengths, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it would make sense. This I, I'm saying I believe this, but I don't know. I mean, it's just a comment coming in on Twitch um, that artificial lights produce higher THC, lower CBD. Kind of makes sense, uh, but you could control that. And then this, Joey, do you CBD counteracts the negative? Okay. So that's why a lot of newbies panic and never I'm smoke again. Sorry. I have a friend, and actually, she just told this story live on Facebook, so I don't think she'll mind if I retell it here. Uh, but a few years ago. She came over, um, Amanda May, she is an incredible activist in the Maryland area, uh, lives with chronic pain, and is very open about her, her medicating and, and how cannabis helps her. She tried, <laughs> I gave her a very strong sativa for the very first time at my house, and this girl starts shaking with anxiety in the corner. Here, take this CBD. Within a half hour, she came down. It, it, they equalize each other out. So when you got a high THC strain and a, 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 a like a 50-50 THC CBD strain, you're not going to get the high, but you're going to get the benefits like the anti-inflammatory, maybe the antidepressant, you know, but but not that like anxiety, 
or you know, in, in the opposite sense of cannabis, when you get put in the couch, you're not going to get that up or that extreme down if you've got CBD mixed in with your THC. So if you're ever too high, smoke some CBD. You'll bring yourself. This is one of those things where you go, God damn it! I didn't know government was like it, when government fucks with things. Yeah, it's like a spiraling fractal effect of fuckery. Uh, the fractal fuckery of government extends even to the CBD THC balance of cannabis being sold today. And that fucking pisses me off because now I'm thinking in my own life as someone who has microdose cannabis most of the time since I've gotten back from Iraq. And I've always just been, I've just sort of been resigned, sort of accepted that oh, well, I don't really get to choose that much. I don't get, like, my choices, like, at weed. You know, what kind of weed is this? Weed, man. <laughs> you know, like, okay. And that's you know. what the black market creates. Even with other drugs, cocaine, for instance, like, hikers in Colorado love doing micro-dosing cocaine because when they're up above 14,000 feet, it's oxygen absorption, and it's the same shit as why right. the natives in the Andes, right, chew cocoa leaves, right? They don't <clears throat> They want to do coke to be more effective at, at yeah, hiking. When you go on the street, you get something that's broken, stomped up with, and there's, there's some sort of extra. You can't get clean coke in the United States. You can't get clean LSD. You can't get clean DMT. I think LSD. No, no, no. Hold on. DMT and LSD. I will. I will back the market here and yeah. say that. My, I bet you no. I. Do you I, cut I, LSD with stuff? How do you cut? Like, no, you don't cut LSD with stuff. You, the LSA is easier to make. LSA. Oh. I have. I don't I think don't DMT though is the same way. I don't experience thing uh, in terms of, of being therapeutic. I, I have a reliable source. I, I know what I was getting, what I was getting, and the first time I did LSD from a non-reliable source, it was the, uh, completely different. Uh, Anxiety. I was jittery. My legs literally going to jump off. My it's LSA. It's mixed with like an amphetamine. No, I was so, so Joey. My point is, I wonder if like I have been microdosing with cannabis. And most of the time, getting stuff that has normal CBD content in it, right? A, a, a balanced amount. There's no normal. I, well, I, no, 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 no. Hold on. Average. It's whatever. There's right? no average. Hold on. Yeah, there is. There, there, by the law of math, there's an average to everything, right? There's, there's an average amount of CBD in weed sold in dispensaries in the United States, right? And that balance is tipped towards THC because customers... You just want to get high, go in and say, what's the THC percentage? And they'll publish that yeah. or they'll get that out. Or growers are trying to grow artificially and with artificial lights as fast as possible. And so there's an artificial incentive. This is why there's there's a there's a sort of cult following for outdoor emerald triangle weed in, in California. And it's probably because there is an actual chemical difference in the in the plant, in the flower. Yeah due to natural light as opposed to artificial light we go oh, hydro's the good stuff well maybe not necessarily we don't understand this because the science isn't complete or the study in science of this isn't complete because of the drug war the fact that we don't know pisses me off but here joey here's what i'm getting at what really pisses me off is i think that like since i got back from iraq and discovered that microdosing cannabis is a nice adjustment for me um there might have been peer so most of the time I'm smoking weed from dispensaries that has 
a normal amount of CBD? I mean, what would you say? Most dispensary weed doesn't have CBD. Any at all? No. You it's have gone. to ask for it. Like, it's very rare. You'll find, like, a 17% THC, 2% CBD, or CBGN. That's another one. There's a lot of... Don't they... Doesn't... But it all no. has a little bit of CBD. There's no, like, non-CBD strains. It's just less. Right? I, I can't answer that. Uh, well, here's my no, here's my point. Go to dispensaries and it'll say zero percent CBD. Oh, really? I don't know how accurate that is. Like, no, that's what I've seen there. Yeah. And that too, the testing that we do for cannabis is so experimental. You send in samples from the same plant, yeah. and you come back with fifteen different results from two different labs. So it's it's hard to even say, unfortunately. It's definitely not a perfect science yet. Well, here's my point, Joey, is that if, if if I had been, like, say there's a normal amount of whatever the average is. Oh, right? Jim looked it up. Less than 1% CBD. In most right way. Okay, okay, okay. Fair, fair enough. But that 1% is probably fucking huge when it comes to the experience for some yeah. people, right? So let's say, let's say this whole time I've been smoking 15% THC, 1% CBD, right? Consistently. And I go, wow, this is pretty nice. It's a nice little adjustment. Then I go to one dispensary and I get, oh, wow, it's a really good deal. It's it's 20% THC. And I don't even look because they don't publish it. It's, and I just happen to get one that's now 0% CBD. And all of a sudden, maybe for that month that I'm going through that, that quarter ounce, my stash doesn't help me. It makes me more anxious. But I go, oh, I got to smoke more. You know, and I just... Maybe like that's how I'm getting fucked with as a patient trying to self-medicate with something healthy and natural. And I can't even get the proper understanding of the product I'm buying. Hence, a lot of people end up growing their own and feeling a lot better about it. And they don't even think about terpenes. Like there's, um, uh, what is the name of the terp? Okay. So the weed that say strawberry, I forget the name of the terpene right now. Make me a raging, angry bitch. I stay away from strains that say strawberry. Uh, terpenoline. Terpenoline is what it is. It, because terpenoline what gives me, I get the bad mood. That doesn't happen to everybody. A lot of people have pine allergies. There's pinene in a lot of weed. Yeah. And that will, you know, people say, I'm allergic to weed. No, you're not. Nobody's allergic to weed. You're allergic to one of the compounds within it. And yeah. we all get that information. Like we see everything that's in our food. There's no reason we shouldn't see everything that's in our drugs. Yeah, no, and, and it's a big misunderstanding of cannabis to say that cannabis is a drug. It's more like a medicine cabinet. Yeah. All right. From bigthink.com, the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle may finally be solved. And this is going to blow your mind. Meteorologists propose a stunning new explanation for the mysterious events in the Bermuda Triangle. And if you don't know, the Bermuda Triangle lore includes such stories as that of Flight 19, a group of five U.S. torpedo bombers that vanished in the Triangle in 1945. A rescue plane sent to look for them also disappeared. Other stories include the mystery of USS Cyclops, resulting in the largest non-combat loss of life in U.S. Navy's history. Ship with a crew of 309 went missing in 1918. Even as recently as 2015, El Faro, a cargo ship with 33 on board, vanished in the area. 2015 20 what what six years ago and we're still losing boats uh, like what a cargo ship with 33 on board vanished in the area yeah the bermuda triangle i mean it sounds like oh this is like 
corny thing reverence in cartoons. No, this is some real shit. It's real. All together, as far as and, I, and I'm not trying to propose like it's aliens or for it's aliens. Look, no, it's it's my, a my grandmother took a trip to Bermuda and I was like four and I remember being terrified. Like I thought my nanny was going to die. From <laughs> How can you go to Bermuda? There's no, there's a triangle that'll get you. Um, yeah, a lot of kids have weird misunderstandings of the Bermuda Triangle. It sounds so nefarious. Um, but altogether, as far as we know, 75 planes and hundreds of ships met their demise in the Bermuda Triangle. Possible causes for the catastrophes have been proposed over time, ranging from the paranormal, electromagnetic interference that causes compass problems, bad weather, the Gulf Stream, and large undersea fields of methane. A fascinating theory has been proposed by meteorologists claiming that the reason for the mysteries pervading the Bermuda Triangle are the area are unusual hexagonal clouds. Hexagon clouds? Hexagonal. Creating 170 mile per hour air bombs full of wind. These air pockets cause all the mischief, sinking ships and downing airplanes. The idea is that uh, they're looking at NASA satellites. There are some of these cloud, clouds 20 to 55 miles across. Waves inside these monsters can reach as high as 45 feet. What's more, the clouds have straight edges. As told by Colorado State University satellite meteorologist Dr. Steve Miller to Science Channel's What on Earth, you don't typically see straight edges with clouds. Most of the time, clouds are random in their distribution. Meteorologist Randy Cervini added, the satellite imagery is really bizarre. These types of hexagonal shapes over the ocean are in essence air bombs. They are formed by what are called microbursts, and they're blasts of air that come down out of the bottom of a cloud and then hit the ocean and then create waves that can sometimes be massive in size as they start to interact with each other. Maybe they were microtones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't get to the, the, the final point of, of my mushroom visual rant. The most visually intense thing I have ever seen on psychedelics was looking at the moon. And I saw the flower of life pattern around it in the sky and like fuzzy white lights in the clouds. That but, just got me in all my feels. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a life changing experience. No, I, I'm not surprised, and I don't think anybody who's experimented with psychedelics is that we're figuring this all out now. What do you know? Yeah, so do drugs. Look at the moon. Do drugs. Studyfinds.org. Five minute breathing exercise lowers blood pressure better than working out. Medication. Oh, really? No, well, don't worry about yeah. working out. To, let's patent this breathing technique so that we can invest ten millions of tens of millions of dollars. Get, let's get this breathing technique FDA approved. Yeah, uh, from of all places where they do coke to go hiking, Boulder, Colorado, a five-minute workout that scientists call strength training for your breathing muscles is proving to lower blood pressure as well as or even better than traditional exercise and prescription drugs. Re researchers. From the University of Colorado Boulder State, this groundbreaking exercise makes use of a handheld device which provides resistance as the user breathes. Simply put, as you suck in air, the tube tries to suck it back in. It's like hitting a chillum when it's clogged. Yes. <laughs> Researchers call this technique high resistance inspiratory. Inspiratory. 
as in inspiring. That's no, as in breathing to inspire. Inspire breathing. Inspiratory. Is that a new word? Are you being inspiratory today? Um, yeah. Researchers call this technique high resistance inspiratory muscle strength training, IMST. Although doctors in the past have recommended patients with breathing disorders use these devices at low power for about 30 minutes. A new study finds a five minute high intensity burst can improve cardiovascular health among older adults. In the US, estimates show nearly two thirds of people over age 50 have elevated blood pressure. This puts many of them at risk of suffering from heart disease, heart attacks, or stroke. Moreover, researchers say that half of these Americans are getting enough exercise to improve their condition. Less than half, I'm sorry, again, enough exercise. Well, now you can just work out your breathing directly. No, fuck that. We're Americans. We'll take a pill. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is one more cool thing. Uh, blood pressure exercise, better than walking every day. Uh, better alternative for older women. Uh, the study finds this quick breathing workout may be a great alternative exercise for one group in particular, postmenopausal women. All right. Um, because those taking supplemental estrogen don't reap the benefits of aerobic exercise as much as older men do. This is especially true for vascular endothelial function. Huh. My vascular endothelial function it will fucking kick your ass. It, I have, I mean, the best. Vascular endothelial function of anyone I know. I mean, I go to the gym and people go, dude, how did you get that vascular endothelial function like that? That's what, what do you do for that? That's fucking amazing. I, 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 like, I, breathe. I breathe, I breathe hard, I breathe so hard. You've been breathing hard today. The new report finds these elves, these women just as much as male participants. So, yeah, I mean, and this is. Modern medicine, because of government IP, intellectual property, and corporatism, has misdirected, led to a huge misallocation of research resources to go to pharmaceuticals and devices as opposed to breathing techniques. And the funny thing is, there is a device here. There's a device involved. And uh, by the way, anybody here ever have experimented you? with Wim Hof? Wim Hof method, not, not the dude. Somebody not just commented on that. Yeah, Wim Hof, breathing mess. So, like, I did this, um, mimics the effects of DMT. I did this last week, and I really should put the link in the notes. I'll put it, I'll, you know what, after the show, remind me, we will put it at t.me slash the man. And it's 11, It's an 11-minute video on the Wim Hof YouTube channel. And you go, wait, I'm going to lie. And, and I, I, I read about the Wim Hof thing, and I tried to do it, and I was like, this... Is that the right pace? Is this the right pace? How long? And this is where like a little video guiding me through this. I was like, whoa. It was really cool. And, I, and it's just. Mine started like two years ago. And I remember just how blown away they were by. Uh, oh, my God, Joe, you're never going to believe. Like, I, I literally just tripped for breathing. And it took me weeks to figure it out. But I got it. And, and, and I've heard nothing but good things about this. That's great. I mean, the worst thing is weird waste of time but still right. interesting you learn something about yourself it's got to be meditative too so that oh yeah for sure like, yeah. so yeah this this wim hof breathing exercise <laughs> the 11 minute one that's your that's your breathing exercise that's clever too unique <laughs> no and you know what um a lot of the stuff that people are drawn to like like breathing I, has anybody here have, have nitrous before yeah like 
Um, and it's not like the little, I hate the fucking whip it thing. It's, it's such a, why is that a thing? Because government, because that's, because government doesn't want people to get high on whippets, you know? And it's, it's, um, what's, what's the gas? Nitrous. Nitrous, nitrous oxide, right? Yeah. Nit nitrous oxide. Perfectly legal. They give it to you in the dentist office all the time. It's but you not can't perfectly go buy legal. It. It's extremely restricted in yeah. retail circumstances. You can go to a head shop and buy little, little nitrous can. cans to make whipped cream because they can't make it illegal when it's used for that. And you can go to, I think, restaurant supply stores. Certain places will sell, or chemical places, will sell you a big tank, like, like a scuba tank-sized tank of nitrous. And this is the way I did A friend of mine had it at a party. And it was, and we're talking about drugs a lot. It was a really good news Friday, huh? So we were, we were at a party and they had this tank. And like I had done the little whippets, like the little canisters and like, oh, crap. Oh, oh. And it's like, okay, that was fun. But it's, 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 it's dumb and expensive because now you're wasting all this metal. You know, how many tons of metal in the U.S. are wasted every year on fucking whippets unnecessarily? Mad Max, you don't let your whippets end up in the fire pit. Good point. Uh, yeah, it also creates a new danger. Right. Whereas when you get one of the big tanks, <coughs> we were going to the party, we put a little plastic nozzle in the big metal tank. You open it and it's like filling balloons at a carnival. Yeah, yeah. You fill up, but you fill up a giant balloon and you go sit on the couch with it. And now it's not like a tiny little hit. Oh my God, I got a little buzz. You get to sit there and like actually do oxygen deprivation, breathing exercises with nitrous oxide and you will you will get high it'll it's a fun experience like that it's the funny thing about this is of like of all drugs being it's it's sort of quasi illegal right whippets it's i'm pretty sure it's illegal for drug use it's illegal to sell sell with that intent blah 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 but yeah. it's like it's just it's it's the safest I like, sure, like, drugs. Or or even, okay look i i passed out on drugs, but big balloon concert very young but you have to like force yourself to keep breathing it to stay passed out well, yeah, like, you know, like, like after an eight hour festival yeah no water I'm yeah. Sweating, no food, no, no. Like, it would only be dangerous i think if you were using like a mask but even then with like and i've, I've heard of people doing this right because you, you talk about the the the, the, de the dentist's office they give you nitrous to, to knock you out and they they give you a continuous low dose and you're in an oxygen deprived passed out state so that they can operate on your mouth right that's how it works something like that yeah not even passed out you just get kind of lucid like you you still you don't fall asleep. Like, i've never i've never had nitrous dental work so i can't i, I, I do it all the time i i'm a wimp at the dentist oh so you go to the sedation I, dentistry no place? i don't go to sedation dentistry i pay for the nitrous because i don't want to it's be not sedation that makes me terrible. it's a kind of sedation and i've seen too many bad horror movies and porns to uh to trust that but I get the nitrous instead <laughs> because it does. Like I used to tell right that Ray Charles starts playing in my head once the tank goes off. Right, like let's go get stoned and that, and then you're just lucid and you can't really what's going on in your mouth doesn't bother you, but you're still aware. It's not okay. sedation. Okay. Um, I w I would just imagine that that's like the only risk though is if you put a mask on without supervision. Um. Yeah. Hypothetically, you could have long-term oxygen deprivation effects, um, but it's hard. Like that's hard. It's it's 
it's easier you to, have to want to do yeah that. right like, that would be a suicide attempt yeah yeah you know? it's way easier to hurt yourself with alcohol no shit um uh, so lot of cool stuff coming in that realm in terms of just what you can do manipulating your breath to manipulate your brain excuse me also from goodnewsnetwork.org build with excuse me build with compost researchers turn food scraps into materials stronger than concrete yeah 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 and i'm like i i i don't I don't, I don't know if this is practical or not. Like, I haven't done that analysis. Yeah, like, yeah. But just, like, hey, you can do this? Um, most people don't think... And, and like, if, if we're, we're not going to be building houses from food scrap... I say that now, and they're like, ha-ha, buddy-duddy, look, 10 years from now. <laughs> what an old man. <laughs> That's badass, yes. Thank you, uh, Mr. Too Unique on Twitch. Uh, no, most people don't think about the food scraps they throw away. However, researchers in Tokyo developed a new method to reduce food waste by recycling discarded fruit and vegetable scraps into robust construction materials. I guess if you live in a giant city where there's like a huge stream of waste like this that can be repurposed, there's a lot of potential. Well, if you live in a huge city, your waste is not being separated from your trash. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cities depend on landfills. Um, so this is still very uh, preliminary. Uh, but yeah, it's a heat pressing concept. Typically used to make construction materials from wood powder, except these vacuum dried pulverized food scraps, such as seaweed, cabbage leaves, and orange, onion, pumpkin, and banana peels as the constituent powder. And that doesn't deteriorate? Think about, think about the flooring we just put in. Now that has um, yeah, aldehyde. That was gross. Right, they gave me a really wicked contact dermatitis <sighs> allergy rash for weeks. Yeah, that from bad. from cutting this flooring. Um, but uh, we have been doing stuff we humanity with with compressed paper pulp, wood pulp, um, for years. Yeah. So why can't we do it with food waste? Uh, and I, 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 I does it deteriorate? Uh, That's what uh, I think. Like you got this this lettuce wall. It would deteriorate. <laughs> no, because you coat it with plaster and it's sealed, or you chemically treat it so that it's inert and it doesn't. It's not. It's impervious to that. I, I can think <clears> of a lot better ways to use compost than that. That would be more effective, I think. I mean, we have, we have it's more efficient. But here's the point: is that if you can use this to turn waste biomass into building materials, that there's no more clear cutting. It's before you put in a field, you harvest all the bio. And it, it, it's so like right now, when when you uh, so just think about this for a second, Joey. When you go and cut wood, I know you do this a lot. Yeah, all the time. Uh, no, when you go when you go chop down forests, <laughs> you pull out the big logs. Actually, I think you remember. Oh no, I remember. Well, just driving around northern Arizona. You'll see piles of, of yeah. wood chips yeah, yeah, yeah. and branches and leftover stuff from clear cutting, and a lot of the get that gets you know recycled and pulp and waste and and but but a lot of it is just waste. It's just waste and and imagine if now we can, uh, you know, we we can repurpose natural materials to make building stuff, building materials. This is an alternative to concrete. And the thing with concrete is that it's extremely energy and resource heavy. You know what else they have? 
So it's a little, little have more. Hemp right, and there's hemp creek. And I've had, I've, I have sort of issues with it. Which with I do believe is also made out of the biomass. So maybe they are taking that technology and applying it to regular foods here. Well, maybe that's, that came out of the cannabis industry perhaps. But maybe inspired by, but hempcrete is a lot simpler direct usage of hemp fiber sort of as it is mixed into a media to create an insulating material, not a not, not a structural material. This is the next level of processing here. So also goodnewsnetwork.org, revolutionary machine that grows new skin for burn patients unveiled. Wow, yeah. A piece of skin the size of a nickel when placed inside a revolutionary Swiss bioengineering machine can create a skin graft the size of a manhole cover. Nice. Whoa. Neither totally real nor totally artificial. The new machine, about the size of a coffee table, allows skin to be stretched to much greater sizes in an effort to aid in the millions of people who suffer debilitating injury or death from burns. Wow. Taking healthy, undamaged, cutaneous skin cells from the victim, the procedure starts by growing them in a lab before combining them with hydrogel. The resulting one millimeter inch thick skin is about the combined width of our natural skin layers. Yeah. Also from goodnewsnetwork.org, huge supply of water is saved from evaporation when solar panels are built over canals. Mm. Cool little combiner of technologies. Yeah, great picture, simple concept. And since you have that uh, electricity being generated right there, you can pull water out of the canals with it and serve the agricultural functions around it. Very cool, very cool. So simple, too. Yeah. All right. Also from goodnewsnetwork.org, Oh my gosh, I just realized something. Joey, do you see the picture on this on the story? It's beautiful. Do you see the mountain? It's very Game of Thrones. That's the arrow. That is the that arrow is the shaped arrow mountain, mountain from like Game of Thrones. Wow. Holy shit, that's it. Um yeah, they, they must have shot that the the, the, uh, the scenes of Beyond the Wall in Iceland. We could look this up. Holy shit. Yeah. We didn't even need Google reverse image analysis technology. Someone does someone want to verify this? So you see that photo there? That is there's gotta be the arrow mountain from an arrow, the arrow-shaped mountain from Game of Thrones. Um that the, that the hound saw on the fire where they yeah, we just we we're 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 rewatching season seven so that Joey can watch season eight for the first time. Um but yeah, the headline here is four-day work week is a huge success in Iceland. Nothing beats getting from Monday to Friday before a co-worker tells you it's a three-day weekend, but what if that was how it was every Friday? Ah, for those who don't decide their own working hours, a trial of a 35-hour work week without a corresponding drop in compensation among 2,500 workers in Iceland has shown the old punch clock's feeling schedule may truly not be the most productive form of labor. I was like, wait, there, there's still people who don't decide their own working hours? Oh, poor, poor people. I found oh, yeah. it. Four-day work week. Oh, I found yeah. it. I found it. It's called Kirk Jufell. It's on the north, north coast of Iceland's, I don't know, this this that's oh, weather I'm not familiar with. This. But it is the most photographed mountain in Iceland. And it in season seven, season season six, as the Arrowhead Mountain of Game of Thrones, we were right. <laughs> that is it. What a weird catch. Okay. We are dorks. <laughs> yeah. Goodnewsnetwork.org. Astonishing fairy lanterns. Found growing in the darkest depth of Malaysian rainforest. 
Yeah, yeah. So-called fairy lanterns are among the most extraordinary looking of all flowering plants. These curious leafless plants grow in the darkest depths of remote rainforests where they are seldom seen. There are some 90 species worldwide distributed across the forests of Asia, Australasia, South America, and the USA. They all lack true leaves and chlorophyll, obtaining their food from root-associated fungi shared with other green plants. Oh, mushrooms. Is there anything they get? No, no, no. It's not. this. No, it feeds off mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. They obtain their food from root-associated fungi shared with other green plants. So they're green plants that have fungi attached to their roots that allow non-chlorophyll plants to exist by attaching to that fungi. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um. Dr. Chris Thorogood says, quote, the extraordinary architecture of the flower raises interesting questions about how it is pollinated. Others that could be said about a lot of women. Other species appear to be visited and pollinated by little fungus gnats, but in truth, we know little about the ecology of these plants. They are a mystery. What is certain is that the plant is exceptionally rare. It has only been seen twice. Ah. The conservation status of the plant is critically endangered. Wait, wait. Didn't I the guy in the video just walk by and show us like four of them? How's it only been seen twice? <laughs> like observe that that was one of the times. Okay, that was one of the times. <laughs> I mean it's not like you look and you look away and you look back and that counts as seeing it twice. <laughs> well, nine different variations here. It has to have been seen more than twice. They've seen nine of them. It could be that the only time this flower has ever been observed in nature is on two particular nature expeditions where, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's been seen more yeah. than that, but like, it's only been like acknowledged as seen. Science is only seen. Okay, more important, science from goodnewsnetwork.org. Inventor creates a machine that turns any alcoholic drink into soft scoop ice cream. What? It's about fucking time. An inventor has developed a machine that turns beers and other alcoholic drinks into a soft scoop ice cream that maintains its potency. Nice. The below zero machine takes any alcoholic beverage and crystallizes it in under 30 minutes for a treat that can, if you like, be covered in sprinkles and chocolate sauce. <gasps> Developed with WDS Desert Stations in Hinkley, Illinois, the drink is, is first degassed to remove the CO2, then mixed with a gel, put in the machine, and out comes the ice cream. Uh, there's a gel in it? Uh, what's the gel? <clears throat> the gel bear hugs the alcohol it serves itself and turns it into ice cream. Uh, hmm. Nitrogen ingredient additive gel allows the alcohol to freeze to near solid inside the machine, as well as adding sugars. So it adds sugar. Um, it is FDA approved and pasteurized. And so the, drink, the drink contains no dairy. It's not technically ice cream. The machine itself will cost sweet tooth brewery six thousand dollars but will allow them to serve all drinks from a pint of lager to a strawberry daiquiri in a cone um uh, i i mean okay, wait 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 i'm mean, gonna cut in here and mr tootie unique has an awesome point but there <laughs> <laughs> now, you just said that this machine is fda approved 
to make alcohol into ice cream. But I can't buy a mango flavored jewel because it might appeal to children. Government, the fuck is that? What is that? It's corporatism. It's, it's protectionism. It's, it's all for manipulation. Awful. Money and power. Uh, Will said vodka and lemonade cone is my personal favorite on a hot day that's like having an Italian ice cream. Oh, no, Jeff Porter. Jeff, come on too soon. What? What do you say? Just in time for Cosby's release. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was already released. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually kind of excited about not this invention in particular, but like in gardenia. I mean, just fresh fruit and a blender. Come on, can we do that more often, people? Really? Can we just make that really convenient? I just want. Can I make my we don't have apple enough, juice into an ice cream instead we, of my beer? Is that yeah? Like we don't need frozen gelatinized ice cream alcohol beverages. We just need to drink more smoothies. Okay. I agree. Seriously. Smoothie a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> the world would be better off if everybody drank more smoothies. Corporate authoritarianism? A uh, little mm, wordy. Yeah, do we have any other contest entries today? That's the first we one since like we were talking it. about it last. So we got 15 minutes left in the show to remind everyone the comment contest today is to come up with a word that describes the American political system. Um, it is It is socialist by definition. It is communist by the 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto. It is fascist by Mussolini's definition of the merging of corporations in the state. Um, it is corporatist, um, but none of those that uh, is violent. I mean, it, imperialist. Imperialist is, is, is really... I don't know. Imperialist might be the best one. I think I, Ed was off on the, the exact etymological composition but i think just to say that it's because he said empiricalist that sounds too much like empiricism it does which is a, objective look looking at things objectively and that's that's a good thing um but imperial as in of empire uh that it's about power it's a power-based system and it has a lot of the trappings of empire which involve corporatism communism socialism fascism um so i mean I, maybe imperialist jim says demon Demonocracy. Yeah, we've heard that. Idiocracy. But we're not ruled by idiots. We're ruled by smart assholes. That's the problem. Yeah. Idiocracy would be better. Uh, be a lot better. All right. From the independent, we've got a few more stories in our last 15 minutes here. Scientists stunned to find a vast collection of more than 100 black holes inside our own galaxy. A collection. Collection? Do they come with like baseball cards or trading cards? Got to get them all. Catch them. We got to catch all the black holes. It's a collection. Is there some like cosmic octopus, like with black holes in a little little coffee table box it's, or something? Like aliens? Adam, check, real. check out. Hello. Check out my collection of black holes. Or is it? Is it like a a, a, a flasher? Yeah. Who? Okay, I got black holes. Black holes. I got black holes. Black holes. Red ones. Purple ones. Blue ones. Pink ones. Big ones. Small ones. A uh, vast collection, more than 100 black holes inside our own galaxy. They're sitting at the middle of a cluster. They're, yeah, they're not in a box. They are sitting at the middle of a cluster of stars more than 80,000 light years from us. There are about three times as many of the black holes as scientists would usually expect to find. 
SF gate. Okay, so now for our fun understanding nature on Earth as opposed to off Earth, um, isn't America a corporation? Well, define America. Is America the country, the people, the land, the government? Use that, Mr. Union. The federal government of the United States of America, I believe, is legally, technically organized as a corporation, but it almost doesn't matter because it's a sovereign. It functions as a sovereign authority with authority over all the land within its borders. Imperial corporate. <laughs> no, no. Uh, nice try. SFGate.com. Approved wildlife crossings in SoCal Santa Cruz will cost California millions of dollars. Now, we don't have time to really get into this, but I'll, I'll read a bit of the source. So you know what we're talking about. More than 30,000 collisions between vehicles and wayward wildlife have occurred on California highways since 2015. Threatening species already considered to be at risk and causing more than a billion dollars in damage, according to 2018 data collected by Cal Matters and the Road Ecology Center at the University of California, Davis. But a new budget approved by state lawmakers last week aims to support the construction of the Liberty Canyon Wildlife Crossing, a tunnel stretching above Highway 101 in Agoura Hills. It would provide animals such as mountain lions, coyotes, deer, and elk with a safe way to travel across the freeway, cutting through their natural habitats. Costing $7 million, with another $54.5 million allotted for even more animal-friendly overpasses and underpasses across the state, the corridor would also help bolster populations of at-risk species by helping them to find mates. Now, but without government, who's going to fuck up the roads? Uh, yeah. So I, I'm in favor of this in, a, in the sense that uh, if you're going to build infrastructure, it needs to account for the costs properly. And one of the costs of roads is that you have this divider that prevents the natural course of wildlife in some places, right? And creates, okay, so you got this wildlife bridge. To me, this sounds like an incredibly, uh, thank you for that picture on screen there, Jim. This, I mean, just look at this thing, like an overpass? Why not, like, I, I, I'm I pretty sure wildlife is more about tunnels than, than like, being spotlighted on a bridge. Now, that we covered this uh, a related story. story. Um, I've never seen before. No, this is July 7, 2021. This is, so, so what, you, what you saw, Joe, I think we covered this. Was it Oregon or Washington did one? It was kind of limited, but it was, it was determined to be a success. Maybe it was somewhere else in California, too. The thing is, when you... Someone pointed out to me um, a long time ago that if it wasn't for government subsidizing roads, right, government builds roads, they are subsidizing infrastructure for the automotive industry. If it wasn't for that, if the market had to support that instead, roads would not have developed as they have today. We have, we have shitty socialist roads in America because the market was not allowed to create infrastructure that actually met human needs. Here's the implication of that. A lot of cities and communities would have more walking paths, bike paths, mm. mass transit, perhaps, and appropriate accommodations and infrastructure for all of those things, because those costs now have been properly factored into development. When you take those costs out, you end up with misappropriation of funds, misallocation of resources, and costs that are just not accounted for. When the government was building those roads, did they go, oh, how much are we going to fuck up the local wildlife populations? No. How much money can we steal from taxpayers to build something that makes us look good as politicians and bureaucrats? 
oh, years later, now we realize, oh, yeah, we're hitting animals in massive numbers and like you know, fucking freeways in L.A. are a nightmare. Jeez. Now, oh, well, let's solve the problem with more government. And the guy's like, ah, fuck. Well, if that's the best we have right now and this saves thousands of, of uh, you know, bobcats from getting run over by cars. I'm like, yeah, OK, government. I'm not I'm of all the things I'm going to fight government spending money on. This is not one. of them, Right. Sorry. Uh, yes, it would definitely be better if government was not spending money on this. And yeah, uh, someone's going to point out to me, but Adam, it's government. They're going to find a way to make it worse. <laughs> you know, like, okay, okay, okay. I'll just say when government is spending billions of dollars on the police state and the military industrial complex and blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm not going to complain about a, uh, what are they calling this? Liberty Canyon Wildlife Crossing. Yeah. Central Center Daily Times. Center Daily, and that's Centra R-E. Mystery grows over why thousands of jellyfish are gathering along Rhode Island coast. Well, there, there was a government mandate that, that said everybody had to get a vaccine, so they showed up to get their vaccines, obviously. A mysterious gathering of jellyfish continues to grow along the Rhode Island coast, prompting state officials to warn about the increasing threat of painful stings. Atlantic sea nettles are congregating in the coastal Ninigret and Green Hill ponds, according to statements issued Tuesday by the Rhode Island Division of Fish and Wildlife Outdoor Education. State biologists are monitoring the little understood phenomenon, reporting it is getting worse or getting better in the past month. It's horrible. <laughs> they, they might hurt people swimming in the ocean. In the past month, their population has increased to the thousands. Excuse me, as water temperatures have risen, the department said in a Facebook post, oh, we can find a way to blame global, global warming and give government power to control the weather. What's the story, too? All right. Goodnewsnetwork.org. We're going to end with some feel-good stories today. I think we have a contest better now. Oh, we do? I like this one a lot. I can't see matters answer. American political system. Sadomasochism. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty appropriate. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we live in a sadomasochistic system. They put you in handcuffs. They throw you in boxes. Sometimes they strip you naked. Yeah, man. I mean, we're we're really pushing that boundary, aren't we? I, I like I like where you're going with this. I don't. I, I don't think the word is quite there. It's 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 off a little bit, and it's a little complicated. But sadomasochism, it doesn't describe sadomasochism. Oh, no, sadomasochistic <laughs> <laughs> our system in the United States. We hate ourselves, and it is manifest through. That is it. Yes, sadomasochistic <laughs> because. Because our system is the uh, the system that we live with in the United States, the political system, is a manifestation of all the ways that we hate ourselves. It is statomasochistic. Whoo! I don't know if I can use that. Let's try. Let's try. Um, all right, goodnewsnetwork.org. Heard of elephants to be moved from UK to Kenya in rewilding world first. Yeah. Elephants are famous for their migrations, long marches across savannas and deserts, done entirely from memory, but for 13 captive elephants in Kent, their journey will look quite a bit different. That's because the trip will be one way, by plane, and will be the first of its kind, a rewilding effort that hopes to move 
All 25 collective tons of pachyderm via airplane back to their ancestral homeland of Kenya. Such a challenge requires experienced minds, but the team behind the Mammoth Undertaking, you get, you get that? Mammoth Undertaking. <laughs> Mammoth Undertaking are some of the best around. Experts in wild animal relocation, the Aspinall Foundation, are working with the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust and the Kenyan Wildlife Service. At Howlett's Wild Animal Park in Kent, near Canterbury, the Aspinall Foundation ensures that every exotic animal breeding and living in safety there generates the revenue they need for them or their descendants to be reintroduced into the wild. Cool. From goodnewsnetwork.org, looking to adopt a new pet at the shelter, she found her dog that went missing two years ago. Yes, a Pennsylvania mom was scanning local shelter sites looking for a perfect companion for her two boys. But what she found took her breath away. Among the adoptable pets was the face of the beloved dog she lost more than two years ago. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Even cooler dog story. You guys ready for this? Dog falls into canal and fights for life until group of dolphins save him. An incredible effort. Yeah. Get the pictures of this up on screen. This is just too cool. Um, yeah. If we try to live as one with the animals, this world would be a much better place. Well, we are the animals. We should stop fighting the other animals. We should teach our children from very a very young age that every life matters and every creature should be treated with kindness. The dolphins are probably the living beings we should all learn how to be compassionate from. Not only are they lovable and sweet, but they are intelligent too. If it wasn't for a group of dolphins, a dog's life would have ended. No one noticed when or how the Doberman, of course it was a Doberman, fell into the canal of Marco Island, Florida, with no humans around. The faith of this poor dog seemed to be sealed, but then out of the blue, magnificent dolphins came to his rescue. They could see the dog was struggling to get out of the water, which was practically impossible, since it was trapped in the canal, and the wall that separated the water from the land was way too tall to climb. The animal was splashing around. It was enough concern for the dolphins to realize it was in trouble. They all started making loud noise, hoping for someone to hear them and come check what was going on. In fact, they made so much noise that some people who lived nearby happened to hear them and investigated why they were being so loud. They noticed the dog trapped below the wall in the canal water. In a matter of minutes, firemen came to the scene. But you can see in the video here, so they said the, uh, the dog spent about 15 hours in the water. Come on, dolphins. You're slower than government. Um, 15 hours, yeah. Hadn't had anything to drink. Sipping salt water led to worse dehydration. And so you can see that the, the uh, yeah, I guess these pictures of a dog riding a dolphin are from a different incident. But yeah, very cool story. Amazing world we live in. And with that, Jim, give us the producer notes. Okay, thank you. I was on the wrong screen. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. We got t.me forward slash Adam versus man. That's a public telegram channel. Everyone's welcome to patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man is has the different levels so you can support the show. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com is a veterans organization with tax free, uh, tax deductible donations that you send to. Instagram handle is at the Garden of Freedom for all the pictures and videos of life up in Gardenia. The Crypto Six will teach you everything you need to know about the Bitcoin church that was raided in Keem, New Hampshire, and how to help them. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com is the best website to send people to do it yourself, learn more about solar power, micro wind power, etc. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. All right, Joey. Any other contest entries, or are we going to call it with state o masochism there? We're definitely going to call it with state. <gasps>
All right. Yeah. State of masochism. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, from goodnewsnetwork.org, one more time for this day in history on July 9th. On this day in 1793, the Act Against Slavery was passed in Upper Canada, and importation of slaves into Lower Canada prohibited. Um, on this day in 1816, Argentina declared independence from Spain. Um, on this day in 1986, the New, Ze New Zealand Parliament passed the Homosexual Law Reform Act legalizing homosexuality in New Zealand. Uh, on this day in 2002, the African Union was established in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And on this day in 2011, South Sudan declared itself a nation, officially becoming independent of Sudan after two civil wars and millions of casualties. And with that, mwah, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.